Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sarah, how do you feel about etiquette? <laughs> As someone who is like a people pleaser and goes out of their way, probably too far out of their way to be like the polite one, I think I care too much about it. But I don't know. Don't you? I feel like you're a really polite person too. Yes, I care about things a lot, but... This New York mag debacle. Okay, let's just run through this. Let's just explain to the people. If you're not chronically online, like Sarah and myself, New York Magazine did a story about how to act in public, which I thought was kind of hilarious. It says, do you know how to behave? And it goes through basically all of these etiquette tips on what you should and shouldn't do. For instance, one is it's never too late to send a condolence note. Another one is, Never send an edible arrangement. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Why would they say that? The thing is, is there's no nuance to this. It's not explaining why or why not. Maybe they're just saying it's like tacky or too much. I love it. When I worked in an office, I loved getting an edible arrangement. Both a literal edible arrangement from the from anyone, like send food, but then also an edible arrangement where it's like heart made out of strawberry, chocolate dipped strawberries. Yeah. Correct. A bouquet of fruit that's chocolate dipped. Sign me the hell up. They're delicious. Edible arrangements sponsor this podcast, please. I'm sending you an edible arrangement. (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait. Great. I will do that. It says it's okay to ghost after one date. I agree. I agree. You have nothing. Yeah. You felt it out. You could be like, hey, listen, this isn't going to work. But it's just like, why exhaust if you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'd probably be like, Hey, it was so fun hanging out. And then just like never respond again. Yeah, that's ghosting, right? Yeah, sort of just lying. Just just don't respond. One says, ask if someone wants advice or just wants to vent. That one has truly changed my and Patrick's relationship because I love to vent. I know what I want to do. I'm not necessarily seeking his advice. I did this. So if you're telling me I did the wrong thing in your opinion, it's going to just piss me off. That's a big thing in relationships, for sure. You're like, I just need someone to listen to me. Right. And with friendships, too. Sometimes, yeah. listen, your girlfriend's making the same mistake over and over. Sometimes she just wants to bitch about it. And you know what? Let her. But I do think it comes to a point where after years and years, the same complaints, you're like, honey. No, I've I've had come to Jesus's with my friends. I've been like, babe, love you on a cellular level. I cannot listen to the same thing over and over. It is true insanity. At a certain point that you need to have that discussion. But for the most part, let everyone vent. Let them let them have their moment. So there's like different categories, friends and lovers, strangers and others. The first one under strangers and others says if you've met someone and they clearly don't remember your name, say hi, we've met. I'm X. Yes. Perfect. Cannot tell you how many times I'm I'm meeting someone. 
they look familiar, or maybe we even, this is the thing about the internet these days. A lot of times people will see me and say, hi, Kirby, it's so nice to meet you. Shake my hand, not introduce themselves. And I don't know, are we internet friends? Do we correspond via email? Have we ever met in real life? Totally. It happens to me all the time. I make sure I always say my name because it's like, I don't expect everyone to remember me. Same. And I'm not trying to offend anyone by being like, I'm Sarah. And then they'll be like, of course I know who you are. I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, I got to be honest. This is going to get me back on another soapbox. So we need some type of audio jingle for this when I get up on the soapbox with my little notepad. Just pretend I'm wearing glasses or something. If you have met Sarah Tan and you start telling a story about another Asian person that is clearly not Sarah Tan, I'm going to start calling y'all out on this. Asians are not monoliths. Sarah does not look like literally any other Asian editor in the beauty space. I want to be 100% clear. The next time this happens, I will not be quiet. I will not stand by idly and witness this atrocity. Oh my God. Get a clue. I was like, where is this going? No, it hadn't happened for so long. And then it recently happened. Like multiple times. I was just so caught off guard. I didn't know what to say. I really should. Again, I am too much of a a people pleaser to like make anyone uncomfortable, but like I should have called her out on it. But what's funny is that I messaged a fellow Asian beauty editor, a friend of ours, to see if perhaps this woman confused me with her. And she was laughing and couldn't believe it. And she was like, no, that's not me. So then we still don't know who it is. But she told me a story about being confused by a very prominent makeup artist with another Asian beauty editor who looks nothing like her. Nothing. Like nothing. Like different hair color, nothing. And then we were like, I wonder if all of us took a group picture if everyone could identify us correctly. For for AAPI month, I swear to God, if y'all don't put your headshots and then collab with each other and be like, tell me which one I am. Like, tell me. If you can't, we can't work together. When you sign on to something and it's like, identify the like <laughs> lamppost. Identify Sarah Tan from this post. <laughs> I'm forcing all of y'all to do that. God, thank you though, Kirby. But also to your point of that part of the etiquette, like, If you're not 110% sure, first of all, you could ask, did we go to this together? Yeah. Did I do your hair? Yeah. Because you didn't. That was not me. You didn't. Awkward. (laughs) Awkward as hell. Anyways, okay. So on that note, I wrote Sarah that people have been so incensed about these etiquette tips. And really, honestly, like the New York mag They had different categories that they felt they probably compiled a bunch of different opinions and whatever. Right. And they're meant to stir up conversation. Obviously, you're not going to agree with all of them. There's one that I've been thinking about so much because I saw it and then people in the comments were like commenting about it. It was the one that was like, don't discipline other people's kids. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. And I was like, well... I think about like someone telling Zoe to not do something. And I, yeah, I guess if it was a stranger, I'd be pissed. But if she was like hurting a kid at the park or like, you know, pushing a kid or something and I didn't see it, I 100% would be fine with uh, another kid's parent being like, hey, like maybe don't do that. You know what I mean? 100%. I also think that 
everyone is so protective of their own children. So like, of course, do not spank my child. Do not touch my child. No, no, never touch. But like, it's okay to be like, hey, you shouldn't do that. You learn from adults disciplining you when you're little and you think you're doing something that's funny or you think you're doing something that's not a big deal. And a parent says, hey, don't do that. You learn from it. You don't forget it. And it keeps you from doing that. And I have been in so many situations now where I've seen how other parents also parent their own children. For example, I mean, we could go off on so many tangents, but Zoe and I were like in this play area with another parent and her son. And Zoe wanted to play with the thing that he was playing with. And I was like, no, he's playing with it. Like, we'll wait. And if I were in that woman's position, he had been playing with this specific toy for like a really long time. I would have been like, okay, your turn is up. Let's share. She did not do that. He proceeded to like take the toy with him wherever they went off to and then left it all the way on the other side. Didn't bring it back after like 20 minutes. And Zoe meanwhile kept asking if she could play with the toy. Anyways, people are just like so annoying. And then today we were at this park earlier and this little boy was throwing rocks at a pathway where people were walking, where Zoe and I were walking. And then Matt went up and was like, hey, like people are walking. Can you not throw rocks? And I thought about it because I was like, are you not supposed to say something to this kid? No, you for sure you have to. So all that said, we have our own etiquette rules because New York Mag featured some people. Kirby, there was one. I can't remember whose it was, but I think it was Amy Sedaris. Where she said, don't leave a negative comment. Or maybe it was someone else's. Oh, was it hers? It was Amy Sedaris. I, I guarantee you it was Amy Sedaris. If you have nothing nice to say, unless you found a freaking body part in your quesadilla. Says leaving negative comments says more about you, the person who left the negative comment. Please take that to heart <laughs> and read between the lines. All right, Sarah, what are your etiquette tips? Okay, let's go. Should we go category by category? Yes, because I also want to point out, y'all, that people that are outraged over some of these famous people's personal etiquette rules, they were likely sent prompts to respond to. They didn't just like come up with these out of thin air. Right. So that like just know that some of these were meant to be controversial. So, okay, here we go. Let's do what is your rule for being a guest at someone's home or even like a customer at a restaurant? Okay. well, for being a guest, Always ask if you could bring something. Yep. Right. And if they're like, no, no, don't. Okay, fine. Like, don't bring anything. But then ask if they need help when you get there. If they have a no shoes in the house policy, take your shoes off. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a customer, be nice. Say please and thank you. It's really simple. But like, I was just telling someone I had lunch with a person that we knew and they were like not nice to the waiter. And I was like, that just tells me so much about this person. If you are not nice to people in customer service, like you are a terrible person. All right. My tip is if you're a customer at a restaurant, if you are sitting at a table, you need to keep purchasing items if you would like to maintain that table. Otherwise, you need to pay promptly and get the hell out so they can clear the table and bring in more income because waiters, most of them, they make a majority of their money from tips. I just remember when I was a waiter, it was truly the most frustrating thing when people would pay the bill and just want to sit there and continue to talk. So just know that if somebody comes up to you after you've paid the bill and they're like, can we help you with anything else? That's the polite way of saying, get the fuck out and you need to remove yourself. Yes. I love that. That's a good one. All right. What's your rule for hosting? 
okay, as a daughter of my Filipino mother, like I always have to have food for my guests, no matter what, even if they say no, like if I offer a food and drink to you and you're like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm still going to bring it out because a lot of times people are just being polite. And I just want, I want to give them the option of have, being able to have a drink and food. Okay. Yours. Mine is always offer plus ones. If you're having a party, if you're having a dinner or you're, if you're having a wedding as someone who has been to so many weddings, especially as a single woman, single women deserve to have a plus one. Don't just singularly invite them because they don't have a partner. They deserve to have someone they know there and are comfortable with. Okay. Rule for travel, Kirby. All right. This is, this may be controversial, but if you are the person sitting in the aisle seat, you do have the right to get up and battle it with your other aisle mate of who's going to get in the aisle first. Everybody that's saying, no, stay seated when the plane lands, like don't immediately get up. F that. Aisle person allowed to get in the aisle and like stake their claim. But if you are one of those people that thinks that you're going to try to bypass all the other aisles in front of you to get out first, you're an idiot. You are in your aisle for a reason. You have to wait for every other aisle in front of you to clear. I do not care if you're about to miss your flight. Totally. Guess what? You're going to miss your flight. That's just the nature of the game. Everybody else there likely is probably going to miss something too. Deal with it. Apologies. Mine is just remember that those traveling with children and pets probably don't want to be traveling with their kids and their pets, but they have to. So give them some grace and cut them some slack and ask if they need help. If they look like they're struggling, like a mom. Yes. Can I take your luggage out? from the bin for you? Can I hold something? Even with pets, like it's really hard to juggle. And if the dog is like crying, like don't be an ass about it. I understand that you pay for the seat that you get. And a lot of people are like, you should have been, you know, you should have picked the right seats. You don't even know. They could have picked seats next to each other, but then had to be bumped to a different flight. Show some grace to new parents. If you don't, you are an asshole. Just point blank. Again, they don't want to be having to do this, but they have no choice. They don't want to have to ask you. No. Uh, okay. Just volunteer. All right. What is your rule for work? This was hard, but my rule is don't work on weekends unless you're getting paid to because you will not be rewarded for it and it will not matter in the end. You know, get your work done, but don't work on weekends. Okay. That kind of goes with my rule for email which is do not respond to email on weekends. Don't send me an email on a weekend. It's going to get buried anyways, and you're probably not going to get a response you want. Catching up on work on weekends and thinking that's the time to send emails and do correspondence, sure. But especially in my line of work, I am not even looking at my email like Friday afternoon until Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. I have one since I am a freelancer. I like to go to coffee shops to work. If you are at a coffee shop and maybe you're sitting at a table and eating and drinking, totally fine. But don't occupy a table that's next to an outlet if you're not going to use that outlet. You need to promptly dismiss yourself and let <laughs> someone that has a computer charge their computer. And that is called being considerate of other people. Yes, all, that's all it is, guys. All of this is really just to be a more considerate human. Sarah. What is on your face? 
this whole week I've been using this product and I thought it was new and it's not, <laughs> but it is the Say Hydra Beam Brightening and Hydrating Creamy Under Eye Concealer. They added new shades and that's why people are talking about it again. They added six different shade extensions or whatever. Oh, so they have a lot more now. Yeah, but the one that I found to match me is, is not a new shade. So I could have been wearing it this whole time. This is not a full coverage concealer. This is a very lightweight, but hydrating concealer. I'm shade HB3. The text is so small. HB3 for light, medium to medium skin tones with golden undertones. That tracks. So what I really like about this is it's creamy. It's hydrating. It has like squalane and glycerin in it. Mm -hmm. It diminishes redness. So I've, I think I talked about this but when you're pregnant, you're like very prone to hyperpigmentation. So my freckles are like at an all time high, like they are just out, which I'm hoping is just because I'm pregnant and not because I've just been getting too much sun because I, I do wear a lot of sunscreen, but I'm not getting like the melasma, but definitely so many more freckles. And then even like my little like a little stash, Ugh, the stash, I'm like, please go away. Anyways, so... <laughs> This is perfect because I can wear it on bare skin and blend it. And it just looks kind of like, it still looks like my skin, just like no redness. And then like the freckles are not, well, my freckles, I don't really care, but like the darkest are on my lips, even my eyes, because it is brightening. Like it just blurs it in a way where it still just looks like your skin. You can obviously wear it with makeup, but I feel like the coverage levels are different. Um, so I think this is really meant for like a five minute, like quick pick me up. Like you're just like doing your makeup on the way to something. You put on the concealer, put on a little blush and lip and you're good to go sort of thing. Good to keep in your purse if you're like about to hop into like a meeting or something and you just want to cover a blemish. It really melts into your skin. I've been wearing it all week. I'm like obsessed with it and I really thought it was new, but it's not but it is $26. There are a few things from Say that I like. The sun melt is great. A lot of people compare that to the Chanel one, the Chanel bronzer. I do also like their blush, but I have to say, I think this concealer is like their best product. Oh, really? You like it more than the dewy tinted moisturizer? The slip tint? Yeah, I didn't really like this. Did I say, if I said I liked their slip tint, You've changed your mind? I've changed my mind. <gasps> what? Oh my God. We need to do an episode of Mind Changers. Do you? Because you have some too. Yeah. I've had some where it's like you've used it like for a year and then you're like, did something change here? You're, and it could be that our skin has changed. Interesting. Interesting. See, I, so, so many people love that slip tint. I thought it was fine. It wasn't like my absolute favorite. I actually had a really hard time finding a shade that matched me perfectly. That's the thing I think with Say is that their shades are difficult to find, which is why now everyone again is talking about the Hydra Beam because they extended it. See, okay. And that makes sense to me because like I'm looking at the range for the Hydra Beam and it seems like the undertones are better. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these for the slip tint and a lot of it is, I think, the undertone that does not work for me at all. I will say one product that I think is just truly gorgeous and they should make it 
like in a giant jumbo size so you could put it all over your body is the glowy super gel lightweight dewy highlighter. That's really good. It looks so hot if you put it on your neck and your chest and like your shoulders. Ugh, it's stunning. Stunning. I love that product. Stunning. Stunning. I'm curious in what you think about this concealer. Would you say that this is like a under eye brightener or is it like a true concealer? Because it says brightening and hydrating. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have been using this as their under eye concealer. But for me personally, I mean, that's where I put it. And honestly, it really helps. I like to use it like all over. Now, because of the Makeup by Mario foundation, I'm like, does this have mica? Does everything just... Because I feel like we're going in that direction. With the new Kosas launch, everyone wants to be like shimmery again. Agreed. It's not shimmery. It's just, it's a dewy, it's a dewy concealer. It's, it's definitely does not finish matte. Okay. It's more like skin-like. All right, we have some news. Where do we even begin with this one? Sarah, can you explain to everybody who Ismaya French is? Ismaya is a British makeup artist. She's like world famous, very edgy. And she recently launched her own makeup brand. I want to say like not that long ago, like in the last six months. And people went wild for it. And she definitely likes to push some buttons. She's like an artist. I think she identifies as a makeup artist and like a artist, like a creator of art. And so her launches are very like thought provoking. I personally have not tried any of her products. I have not either. Her latest launch has people talking. Yes, because her first launch, I remember it had a big splash and I was a little like I had never heard of her. So I was honestly, when I got pitches for it, I was like, whatever. But her whole thing was like rhinestone cowgirl themed. And I think it was eyes was the first drop. And people were losing it over these products. And she, a lot of her work is featured in Dazed and things like that. Like she's very like, um, she is extremely edgy. It's like a little bit surrealist in a way. Yeah. And it's like high fashion, editorial. Yes. So this is the headline on the Days Digital website, which made me laugh. It says, have you ever wanted to be dicked down by your lipstick? Oh, my God. And then it says, who doesn't need a big chrome cock in their lives? Following the launch of her BDSM and cowboy themed beauty collections, Isamaya French is back with a new range of penis lipsticks. So she dropped a new collection, which is called Lips. And it's this lips color infusion lipstick comes in two shades. One is vanity. It's a black shimmer. And the other is cardinal. It's a red satin. It is a true red. So a very opaque red. The black is more of like a gloss, like a water tint. It has a little bit of shimmer to it. They call it a water balm. And it says for vanity, it's a sheer black glaze that drenches the lips in a glossy veil of mesmeric shine. However, that's not why people are talking about it. It's because literally the packaging for these lip products, it's a penis. It is testicles and a peen. It's the whole package. It is literally the whole package. And I mean, I will say that advertising is so, it's like really provocative, but also high fashion. So it's like beautiful to look at, but you're like, this is a dick. This is a dick. And so... 
I think that she made it for a very specific audience. It's a piece that, you know, it's like collectible. It's a collectible and it's a conversation starter. So you are not buying this product because it's gorgeous. You're buying it because you want to look like you're putting a dick on your lips so that people can go, what the hell are you using? Totally. It's $99. It's refillable, though. It's similar to Day in that it is a packaging that is like a collector's item that you would keep forever. Like it would be insane if you threw this away, honestly. And it's refillable. And also, I think a portion, all of her collections have had a contribution component to it where they donate to a specific cause. The cause for this particular lips campaign is Planned Parenthood. But I do think, I mean, people are rightfully gagged (laughs) by this because it's just it looks like a little tiny it's a lot it's a lot it kind of looks like a little tiny french bulldog peen if you didn't have (laughs) ollie's balls chopped off like that's what it looks like to me like very tight little balls Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's almost like also if you take like the head component off to apply the lipstick it looks kind of like a a butt it does kind of look like a butt just a butt but i mean we've talked about this before like the over-sexualization of makeup products and how we're just like done with it. But this one seems different to me because of her and because it's more like art than it is to me just like calling something like, you know, sex on the beach. Orgasm. And it's like, yeah, orgasm. You know, I don't know. Do you, is that how you feel? So I think the thing about it is that it's so in your face. It's not like they're trying to hide the fact that this is a penis. You know what I mean? Also, the main photo of their campaign where it's the lipstick inside the underwear on and the backside. That's funny. Yes, I do. I actually love that photo. I think that's like a gorgeous, gorgeous editorial shot. Great little bum. Love it. But, you know, it's like, uh, like Nar- NARS orgasm is an iconic product and shade and name. And, you know, Francois Nars named it because it's supposed to look like the flush you get when you have an orgasm. I get it. Love that. I think it makes sense. But then like you do have brands like, you know, Too Faced, Better Than Sex or like Urban Decay with 69. Right. And so I feel like <laughs> you're allowed one. Yes. Better Than Sex. Great. Orgasm. Great. Urban Decay has so many. And then they came out with the Quickie concealer recently. That's what I'm talking about. Like, there's actually a TikTok that we can post on our page, but it's a woman that's like, <laughs> she. it's like Nicki Minaj. Do I do jumping jacks on a D? What? But yeah, I think there is a conversation around, okay, how many times are we going to put like, fuck me on my face? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, like, basically, that's what all these brands are trying to say without actually saying it. And I... I think the reason why this kind of works and why people don't hate it necessarily is because it is so blatant. It is so in your face. The actual product itself doesn't make you look like you had an orgasm. It doesn't make you look like you sucked on a peen. It just is the lip color. It's like (laughs) the actual packaging is what, you know what I mean? And it's like, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. I think it's, I mean, I, I kind of want one, honestly gag my friends like I want to go to like Vegas and like take it out and people like my girlfriends be like oh my god what are you doing 
The thing is about Izamaya is that she is controversial. She knows how to push people's buttons. In terms of these like lipstick packages looking like penises, her Wild Star collection that came out, it's like, you know, rhinestone cowboy inspired. Almost all of the products have a little rhinestone stallion on the tip of it. So she's very much into this very out there, in your face, artsy packaging in general. It's not like she wasn't already doing this and then came out with this thing. And it's like the first it's like it makes sense for her brand. Totally. Jacqueline Kilikita, who is our deputy director of beauty at Refinery, who is British, told me and I had no idea that there is also like controversy that surrounds Izamaya. I guess she's had some backlash from people in the beauty community. There's been some Instagram posts that she's, you know, posted that have been under fire. I guess she also like went on a trip to Malawi and it was paid for by Madonna and she was posting pictures of orphan children. People were arguing that she was exploiting them for her own gain. So there's a lot of controversy that follows this woman. Got it. Like, to be quite honest, like when I heard Izamaya Beauty, I didn't even know it was named after an actual makeup artist. I, I had no idea who this person was and what she is about, which is interesting, I think, because usually I feel like I'm pretty up to date on that stuff. But same. Yeah. I mean, seems like she's not afraid of the controversy, clearly. No, I think she welcomes it. OK, this is an interesting story from our friend Liz, Liz Flora. Flora back again at Glossy. So I think everyone on the pod or who listens to the pod is familiar with Nikita Dragoon. Dragon. Dragon. She is a YouTuber, like known mostly, I think, for her beauty tutorials that she's been doing forever. But then, you know, she's gone on into so many different directions. I don't even I don't honestly, I don't even I can't even follow. I don't know what she's doing. But apparently Dragon Beauty is on a hiatus. And I remember when this brand launched, I remember getting the mailer. Do you remember the egg? Yep. Big old egg. <laughs> and I think I kept it because I was like, oh, this would be good for Easter egg hunting. So the headline is Dragon Beauty is on hiatus as Nikita Dragon debuts OnlyFans account. Yes. So Nikita is a trans YouTuber. Okay. She actually did a really great video a couple of years ago uh, when the Victoria's Secret controversy was happening where the, I guess one of the CEOs or one of the higher ups of Victoria's Secret said that the fantasy has to be thin women and like women in a very specific way. No trans, no larger women, like nothing. And so she did a video making herself a Victoria's Secret angel. I mean, it was huge. She already was a very popular YouTuber anyways, but it like broke through the mainstream and she got a lot of press about it. And I thought it was like really, really well done. Since then, she's had some controversies. Like she was definitely one of those people during the pandemic that was just like, did not care. Mm -hmm. Like it was like very clear she did not care or she just thought she was an exception to lockdown and things of that nature. And also she has made news based on her like behavior with how she treats other people, you know, just like having no regard for others. I think she was trying to be a pop star at one point. She comes back and she does these really well-made videos promoting the fact that she's about to be on OnlyFans. And so the whole thing is that she is going to show everything. Did you see the promotional video? No, I need to watch it. One of the videos is a family looking for something. Buddy, are you sure you don't have it? 
Harold. If I had it, do you think I'd be looking for it? Levi, do you have it? Not the one you're looking for. Well, if none of us has it, then who does? I do. And it's huge. The next promotional video is a man going pee at a urinal in a bathroom. Another man comes up. He starts going to the bathroom. The first man kind of looks over to see his penis to see the size. And then Nikita walks into this restroom, full glam, ass out, boobs up, like ready to go. And she walks over to the urinal and pulls out her penis and says, mine is bigger than yours. And then it's like only fans. <laughs> oh my God. She, I guess, knows that people are curious because that's the thing about trans women. Everybody is always wanting to know if they've had surgery, like, you know, what's going on. Totally. And so she's really just like in a very similar way to Isamaya, giving people exactly what they want. Like there's going to be controversy. People are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it, but she's just doing what she wants to do with it. So that is why like dragon beauty is now it's no longer is no longer because yeah. I think she's going just full only full fans. frontal, but also like full only fans. Dragon's former talent manager, according to the article that Liz wrote, Jake Webb said, as a partner in Dragon Beauty, I can confirm the business is generally on hiatus at the moment. I am not sure it will linger much longer unless it gets someone who's willing to buy the brand to keep it from going insolvent. And then the management company had parted ways with Dragon a year ago over different overall values and standards for how we treat partners. Interesting. Nikita is not the only one who launched a beauty brand that is slowly dissolving, <laughs> that has gone beyond going on hiatus, that have just ended. So what do you think about like the future of influencer beauty brands? So I'm actually writing a story for Refinery29 about this. <laughs> and um, I'll share a little teaser. I interviewed Coco Moco, who is very popular. Um, she's a marketing media professional on TikTok. She has almost a million followers. She does the deep dives on what makes people relevant and why they go viral and how they go viral. It's, she's really, really good. And I spoke with her about Hiram and Addison Ray's brands now leaving Sephora and like what she thinks that means. And also a little bit about Morphe, but it was more so about like Addison and Hiram. She said, you know, I think Hiram's brand made sense because it was skincare. But the thing that didn't make sense is he partnered with the Inky List, which was a price point that his followers came to know him for. He stayed in very much the drugstore price point. But then when he launched his brand, which I, I do have to laugh that the brand was named Selfless by Hiram. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really seem selfless, but whatever. Um, <laughs> nice guy. Nice guy. But that brand was at a higher price point than any Inky List product and also higher than what his fan base was normally accustomed to buying. So there was a disconnect there. Now it's going into Target. It's going to be in like, I think over 700 Target stores and they're lowering the prices to not only like cater to the Target shopper, but also probably his fan base. And I think that makes a lot more sense. And I don't know if like having to keep the prices high was a Sephora thing. I don't know if that was like a decision from Inky List so that Inky, the actual Inky List was the more truly affordable brand. But, you know, Coco was saying like that makes sense for him. For Addison Rae's brand Item Beauty and maybe Morphe too, where the D'Amelios were the face of it, 
it's hard because Addison and the D'Amelio's fan base is likely not Gen Z. It's likely way younger than that. It's either way younger. And I also think, well, for Addison Ray, it's like men, a lot of men. I totally agree with you. Let's say your fan base is more like 10 year olds. The likelihood of a parent taking a 10 year old to a Sephora is just not going to happen. They might take them to a Target. So item beauty could be something they pick up at Target, you know, but it's not something that there's a disconnect with the demographics of that. And then also a lot of people did not think of the D'Amelios as wearing makeup, period. They like didn't even do makeup tutorials. And with Addison, nobody really thinks of Addison in terms of makeup. What they think about her in regards to is like obviously like the dancing and like being hot. But Coco made a great point. A lot of the photos and videos she does that do well are actually with her not wearing any makeup. Right. Or focusing on her hair, which she has great hair. She has great hair. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't they go with a hair care line? Like, why didn't they like, like, especially since there's like the skinification of hair happening. Maybe item beauty is getting removed from Sephora. Take it to like a CVS, take it to like a Target, take it to like somewhere that's a little bit more accessible or get rid of the like, like Addison Rae, sell your steak and whatever this brand is. And then go balls to the wall with like a hair care line or something. You know what? I have not seen any hair care brands backed by any young celebrities geared towards like Gen Z. Everyone always makes skincare or makeup. And there is, yeah, there is, I feel like a place in the market for hair. Yeah, like, like, because obviously there's like, you know, Pattern Beauty by Tracy Ellis Ross. And there's like Taraji's brand, which I love. I think Taraji's brand is incredible. But if you're thinking about like a young 20 year old influencer celebrity focusing on hair, that has the same influence as someone maybe like Addison Ray. It's just not there. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I don't think influencer brands are necessarily dead, but I do think one other tidbit that Coco shared with me was this idea of the different types of influencers that there are now. Because when you were on YouTube, you had a built-in community of people that were staying with you through these long videos. They felt like they got to know you. So they felt like a really personal relationship. On TikTok, it's great for exposure because of the algorithm, but because these videos are between 15 seconds to one minute or three minutes, they see influencers as a cardboard cutout. So they don't seem to have that many redeeming qualities. So it's like Michaela might be able to sell out a product, but when she does fuck up, people are less likely to give her some leeway because they just see her as like literally a face on a screen and not an actual human being. Right. So I don't think the influencer brand is going to die anytime soon. I think that the influencer game is going to change a lot. I do think we're going to see a huge push back to YouTube because the fact is creators will start making more money on shorts and things like that on YouTube. But also the makeup artist is going to become the real influencer of 2023. Amen to that. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Nikita did promote that brand frequently. But then it just completely fell off. Totally. And I think that you can tell when someone is actually super dedicated to it. Yeah. And like, that's fine because obviously she has so many other things going on like this OnlyFans. She's going to make bukus of money off of OnlyFans. So much. Good for her. But it shows that her priorities are not really the beauty space. And but I do want to say like Sephora still has plenty of influencer backed beauty brands like Huda Beauty is still going strong. It still has a huge share of the Sephora gondola like Huda has remained true. One size is doing well. Right. Summer Fridays is an influencer backed brand. I do think it's different because Mariana is really 
people see her as like a fashion, like luxury girly, not like the full beat face girly. So, but like Summer Fridays is still performing well. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be more, but it's going to have to be, it can't just be a person that has a following. It has to be someone that truly has a brand identity and they have to actually make sure that they're committed to grow this brand. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Finally, a clean at Sephora lawsuit update. (laughs) This lawsuit was so bogus. I'm so glad people are writing about this. So it says Sephora responds to claim its clean beauty program is anything but. This is from Business of Fashion. The LVMH-owned beauty retailer asked a federal judge to dismiss a lawsuit alleging its clean at Sephora designation is false advertising. Totally agree. It says Sephora filed a motion to dismiss a lawsuit brought by a customer who alleges the retailer's clean at Sephora label is a form of false advertising, which we discussed back in November. And we all, we also called bullshit. It's, it's so dumb. Remind us what she was claiming. She was claiming that like Say's mascara includes two ingredients that I guess when used together in certain formulations equates to like fuel a or chemical. something. Yeah, some kind of chemical. And she was under the impression that clean meant no chemicals, non-toxic. And it's like, okay, I hope you're not drinking water out of a bottle then. Like, please touch grass in a very literal sense. Oh, so you're saying you like your makeup moldy. Yeah, totally. So Priya Rao, who is, they are starting like a whole business of fashion, business of beauty sector with Rachel Strugoth, which I'm very, very excited about. But she writes that on Thursday, Sephora filed a clean a motion to dismiss a lawsuit brought by a customer who alleges the retailer's clean at Sephora label is a form of false advertising. In a November filing, Lindsay Finster claims that the deck, Lindsay Finster, girl, no, I'm sorry. Like, this is so embarrassing for you. Claims that the designation led her to believe some products ingredients were not synthetic nor connected to causing physical harm and irritation. Sephora prominently explains in plain terms exactly what it means by the phrase. Clean Sephora, along with a clarifying definition that describes the kinds of ingredients that are excluded, the company said in its filing Thursday. Here's the thing, though. We did talk about this. I understand why Lindsay Finster may have been under the presumption that clean meant free of anything that could potentially be harmful. But the fact is, is it is. It is free of things that could be harmful. But many people have different allergies that they deal with. Right. So while one product might be fine for me, it might irritate your skin, Sarah, based on your own personal allergies. There's nothing in these products intentionally that is meant to cause any type of harm to you. If that were the case, Sephora would not be in business. They would literally be dead. Clean at Sephora label, it's like a more, I think, general standards than if you want to be super, super nitpicky. It eliminates parabens, sulfates, SLS, SLES, phthalates, mineral oils, formaldehyde, and more, dot, dot, dot. Most places, (laughs) most brands nowadays don't have those things, or especially like formaldehyde. I think this is interesting. It says, in its filing, Sephora said the plaintiff was, quote, twisting purposes to mean something other than what they say or are said to mean, and that Finster implausibly claims to think or how she personally may use the word in a way wholly different from how Sephora clearly states it is using it. Yes, it's basically like Lindsay Finster is being like, this is my truth. And it's like, well... It might be your truth, but it's not the truth because it's very clear what clean at Sephora means. Totally. um, Especially if you look into it at all. And this is where we have to talk about the consumer of it all. You do need to look into things yourself. If you were under the impression that clean at Sephora meant something and then you read and found out it wasn't, 
that sucks for you. But also you can't just take things at face value. But I also hesitate to say that because I also hate it when people are like, well, I did my research. And it's like, well, you actually don't understand the research. That's the problem. As case in point by this say thing that you said apparently has bad ingredients in it or whatever. The other interesting note is that Finster is represented by Spencer Sheehan. And this person has gained attention in the media and in legal circles for filing hundreds of class action lawsuits against food and consumer goods companies, often alleging false advertising over discrepancies between what's on the label and what's in the product. In 2021, NPR said that Sheehan had, quote, almost single-handedly caused a historic spike in the number of class action, action lawsuits against food and beverage companies. Now he's turned his attention to beauty, which I guess good for Spencer Sheehan because there is a lot of money to be had in beauty. But this is, I mean, if this is any indication, this person is like an ambulance chaser. He is just waiting to see who he can potentially slap a lawsuit on. And also not an expert in beauty. Clearly. We said it in November. I'm going to say it again. I think the clean beauty marketing is going to have its comeuppance. Am I using that term right? I don't know, but sure. Sounds good. Come up and come up and hold on. Don't ask me. Yes, I used it right. Oh, good. Thank God. God, y'all, you have no idea how often I'm searching words on this effing computer. Come up and a punishment or fate that someone deserves. Which, yes, I agree. I think clean beauty marketing is gonna have its comeuppance this year because people are now like, what does it even mean? What yeah. does it even mean? It's too much. It's too much. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all platforms for announcements and opportunities at Los Angeles Pod and join our Facebook group to share your own reviews. Los Angeles was created by Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It is a part of the ACAST network. Our episodes are mixed and edited by Roxy Flo and Stacey Abarca. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com